Life hasn't always been here, but it's definitely made its mark. For two billion years, life was stuck in an energetic canyon. Unable to get big and diversify until two cells combined in the second genesis. In the two billion years since, life has come and gone in staggering numbers and forms. 99.9% of all of the species that have ever lived have gone extinct. The 8 million plus species on Earth today owe our existence to the survivors of five mass extinctions and life on Earth's refusal to quit. Against all odds, we are here today, and life itself can be found in even the most unexpected places. Whether that be 10 stories under rock, on the bottom of the sea where a hole in the Earth's crust is spewing out a boiling fountain of chemicals on a harsh frozen landscape or in the most nurturing of tropical forests. I'm Devin Boker of The Wildlife, and this is our mini-series where we explore the many classes of life that we share our planet with. What makes them survivors to better understand this thing called life? Welcome to class. Lincoln Park, Seattle, Washington. It's the lowest tide of the summer. As the waters recede, some remains trapped in a labyrinth of rock, which will soon become Colosseums, where a rainbow of life is revealed and put to the ultimate test. Pink, purple, and orange sea stars find they have nowhere to go. Urchins find temporary shelter in their foxholes. Gulls and oyster catchers fly overhead in search of a seafood hot pot dinner. A small crustacean finds it has just been thrown into the lion's den with a small but tenacious red octopus. Crabs are masters of the terrain, traveling between land and sea in a game of hide from predators and seek prey. Bivalves, like mussels and clams, attach to rock, and they find themselves exposed to the semi-alien conditions of the surface but millions of years of evolution has made them ready for this moment. For all of the life that is revealed by the low tide, for all the life that is vibrant, colorful, and showy, there's life that goes easily unnoticed. Unless you know what you're looking for. At just three inches, though some other species like the giant gumboot can reach sizes of 14 inches, you might miss this well-camouflaged woody chitin. Opalia lignosa. Green and brown with a wood grain-like pattern on its armor, it clings to the rock, rhythmically submerged and relieved by the sea. The English name, chitin, it originates from the Latin word, basically the same 
word, actually, which means mollusk. That's their phylum. The Greek-derived class name, polyplacophora, comes from the words poly, many, placo, tablet, and forest, bearing, a reference to the chitin's eight shell plates. It creeps along, slowly using its muscular foot clung tightly to the rock like a powerful suction cup. If you were to flip it over, you'd see a meaty body resembling a tongue, the inside of an oyster or, or the bottom of a snail. But that's not the side most seen. You can identify most chitin by their eight back plates, which overlap and articulate, like those of an armadillo or a roly-poly, covered in a hard, leathery skin. When necessary, like when a seagull, sea star, or lobster is attempting to gain itself a delicious chitin meal, they can roll up like one too. Some are more colorful than others, ranging from bright robin's egg blue to a wet concrete gray. Their body, which from the top is flat and ovular in shape, is surrounded by a ring of flesh called a girdle. Looks like a skirt on a rock. But you see, that armor is just one of the things that sets them apart from their phylo cousins, the other mollusks that normally have one shell, like snails, or, or two, like clams. They have eight biologically uniquely constructed and articulated plates of armor so effective that Ling Li, assistant professor of mechanical engineering at Virginia Tech, used chitons as the inspiration for the development of a flexible body armor. Now this, this reminds me a little bit of Black Panther. See, the way that scale armor works is it's contact related. When there's a force applied, the scales converge inward onto one another and they form a solid barrier. When not under force, they can move, slide on top of one another to provide some flexibility. It's place-specific armor, strongest where and when it needs to be. This chitin, like most, is a grazer, like a Roomba of the intertidal zone, scraping algae like sea lettuce off of rock with the radula, a sort of algae vacuuming tooth mouth tongue. It might not sound like much, but it's an important job. Mollusks in general are one of the most important factors in controlling algae growth in the intertidal zone. Not all chitons are vegetarians nor do they all live off the coast of Seattle. They range from very cold intertidal zones down to the tropics. Forrester Island, Alaska. A veiled chitin, Placophorella velata, is about to find its meal. With its enlarged mantle held over the ground like a veil, it makes an attractive shelter to a small crustacean. The chitin's girdle is lined with highly sensitive tentacles similar to a Venus flytrap. When the crustacean enters the soon-to-be murder cave, it brushes against these tentacles and the chitin stomps down, collapsing the veil over the crustacean before chewing its way through the body with its razor tongue. These teeth that line the tongue, if you could call it a tongue, are composed of magnetite, the most magnetic of all natural minerals. 
It's hypothesized that this remarkable adaptation is what gives them their astounding sense of direction. Using the Earth's magnetic field, Chitons return to the exact same resting place each and every day, often leaving an imprint or a scar on the rock surface like a chiton-shaped snow angel. And it isn't like they simply see home and head for it. As larvae, chitons bear a pair of tiny, relatively normal eyes, but adults have lost them completely. Yet, they aren't completely blind. Their bodies do the seeing. That same calcareous, eight-plated, hard, flat body is dotted with hundreds, sometimes thousands, of nodules that contain simple lenses made of the mineral aragonite. These lenses can detect light, movement, and possibly even pick out shapes over short distances, just enough for a chitin to prepare defensively. These creatures may be ancient and simple by most standards, but they've developed a way of seeing which is unseen in any other organism. But this fascinating trait is, relatively speaking, pretty much the latest release. These ocelli are only present in fossils dating through the last 10 million years. Chitin can be found all around the world, and they have been for the past 400 million years. They've diversified into nearly 1,000 surviving species, and they haven't even changed all that much. If you really want to understand these creatures, you have to understand where they came from and where they've gone. Unless you have yourself, you've probably heard the phrase, been living under a rock, to describe a person oblivious to a situation or current events. The thing is, chitons basically have, on them, under them, between them, for the past 400 million years. first arose back in the Devonian, a time where reefs were abundant, a time when land was mostly mossy forest with the first real root systems. Arthropods like mites and scorpions ruled the landscape. 25 foot tall humongous fungus mushrooms and early amphibians. It was a time often called the age of fish. See, up until this point, fish didn't have jaws. So, what they could bite and what they could eat was sort of limited. They began to decline in diversity, outnumbered, outcompeted, and predated on by the newest players on the scene, jawed fish. Early cartilaginous and bony fish also became diverse, including the first abundant genus of shark. Now you can imagine that to survive such an influx of jawed predatory creatures requires a way to defend oneself, like say, eight plates of armor with a thick leathery coating. Today, the world is unrecognizable by comparison, but the chitons wouldn't know it. They may seem simple, but they are masters of survival. They can survive for 20 plus years exposed to the same harsh intertidal conditions day in and day out. Constant changes in temperature, water levels, salinity, pH, predator populations, you name it. Most live in these tidal zones, but some do live as much as 7,500 meters beneath our oceans. There's one thing, however, that their mollusca cousins have gained on them. 
Chitin might have near worldwide ocean distribution. They may have been around for millions and millions and millions of years, but they are exclusive to the ocean, and that is where they will remain. This, in contrast to bivalves, like mussels, clams, and oysters, which were able to adapt to brackish water and eventually fresh water. Gastropods made the transition to fresh water, where they remain today, and onto terrestrial environments. It doesn't matter how you look at it, though. Whether you want to call them simple or you consider them to be extraordinary examples of the cleverness of nature and evolution, one thing's for sure. Chitons are survivors. Next time on Class, we dive into the world of clams, mussels, and oysters. Support our show and free educational resources like those that come with this episode, as well as our other programs done through our nonprofit organization at patreon.com slash thewildlife or at paypal.me slash thewildlife. Special thanks to those at the Mad Scientist Pod for supporting our show. Also, Rosie Bailey, Charlie Rodriguez, Charlene Irvin Brown, Kim Jolay, Karen Bergman, Terry Peterson, April Blinsky Kimiak, Zach Stednick, Vikram Baliga, Whitney Vandeveer, Bicardi, Maria Hancox, Angela Seibert, Bridget Fitzgerald, Megan Gariani, Matt Capel, Andrea Lloyd, and Christina Boker. Take care, and we'll see you soon.